from the month of Nisan, which is March, 445 BC, the date the building permit was issued to Nehemiah, uh, until the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the walls of the city, took 49 years and that was completed in 396 BC. The second period of time, the bigger one, the 434 years, that we see in Daniel 9.26 and after the 62 weeks Messiah shall be cut off but not for himself and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary the end of it shall be with a flood till the end of the war desolations are determined this second period began in 396 BC immediately after the rebuilding of Jerusalem and continued for 434 years until Messiah the Prince was cut off, crucified in AD 30 at Calvary. At the cross, Jesus the Messiah was cut off in death, but not for himself. It was for us and for all who will believe. At the end of Daniel's 69th week, Jesus was crucified. Thus this prophecy of Daniel accurately pinpoints and predicts the time of Jesus' death, a prophecy given over 500 years before his birth. Daniel 9 verse 26 And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Who are the people of the prince? This passage has reference to the Romans. They fulfilled the prophecy of the destruction of the city and the temple and brought the desolations of verse 26. Roman soldiers under Titus destroyed the city and the temple in AD 70. The prince that shall come, verse 26, is a reference to the Antichrist himself who is yet to come. It's likely that he will come from the people who destroyed the temple in AD 70, e.g. Rome. Jerusalem was destroyed about 40 years after the crucifixion of Christ, which ended the 69th week. There remains, therefore, seven weeks of years of Israel's history yet to come. And that third period of time, the seven years. And this is the time known as the time of Jacob's trouble. Jeremiah 30, verse 7. Alas! For that day is great, so that none is like it. And it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. This is the final week of years, which is yet to be fulfilled in the future, and is known as Daniel's 70th week. Daniel 9.27 Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week... He shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. The he in this passage is the Antichrist himself, who having made a covenant of seven years with the Jews to enable them to sacrifice at their rebuilt temple, suddenly in the middle of the seven years, breaks this treaty, invades Jerusalem, defiles the temple, 
setting himself up as God. And here we really come to the worst time in human history as Satan is thrown down with great fury to vent his rage on the Jewish nation. But as it says in Matthew 24, 21 and 22, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor, nor shall ever be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. That scripture refers to the second half of the tribulation period, when the Antichrist is in full control of the whole world. So now that we've got that bit of information, and I'm sure you're still reeling from it, we go back to Revelation 6 and the seal and the trumpet judgments. The seal and trumpet judgments are sequential or chronological, with one event following the other in order. Thus we see the sealing of the 144,000 and the judgments, they are sim simultaneous. And chapter 7 is in full detail. It's as though the Lord says, oh, and by the way, you need to know this is going on as well. Revelation 6, 1 to 8, and we come to the four horsemen of the apocalypse, as they're sometimes called. As Jesus breaks the seals, the Antichrist is revealed, and famine, bloodshed, and death walk on to the world's stage. The first seal, the conqueror. Verse 1, Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the living creatures, the four living creatures, saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out, conquering and to conquer. The first seal is opened to reveal a rider on a white horse, wearing a crown with a bow in his hands and no arrow. A white horse signifies victory. Whatever his victory, it's bloodless. He hasn't overcome by force. One of the ways this rider comes to power is by subterfuge. He is a deceiver, coming in the name of peace. His golden age will be short-lived. He offers the world peace, entering the world stage with a flashing smile and an air of confidence. This great counterfeiter is the Antichrist himself, who rides onto the world stage at the beginning of the tribulation period to bring peace in the midst of global turmoil. As we've seen, the seal judgments cover the first 21 months or the first quarter of the tribulation. The realisation for me that this beast was prepared by God for use in his judgment of the earth was quite shatteringly awesome. You'll see in Daniel that it was given to him to have power and make war. This is an awesome thing. God prepares the destroyer to destroy. You'll find that in Isaiah 54:16. He uses the wickedness of man's heart and Satan's desire to annihilate the Jews and mankind generally 
to carry out his own plan of redemption and judgment on the believer. Jesus said to Pilate, you can do nothing except it be given to you. He allows in his wisdom what he could easily prevent by his power. The second seal, conflict on earth. Reading now from verse 3. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. The second seal is opened. The second of the four horsemen of the apocalypse rides onto the world stage. A rider on a red horse, bloodshed, war breaks out. In the Antichrist takeover of the world, obviously not all nations are willing to follow and war breaks out on a large scale. Although their attempt to throw off the shackles of the Antichrist will be unsuccessful, it's evident from the opening of this seal that this will be a widespread and bloody war. The third seal, scarcity on earth. Verse 5. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand and I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine the third seal a rider on a black horse takes the stage after the wars an acute shortage of food begins. The rider is holding a pair of scales, a symbol of the desperate state of the world after the first two horsemen. The three measures of barley are about a pint, a minimum daily sustenance diet. This then indicates that a person will have to work for a whole day just to earn enough money to live which will leave nothing for the family or the elderly. As always with war, the famine will take a heavy toll on the ordinary people, but it will not touch the rich. Do not harm the oil and the wine. The fourth seal and widespread death on earth. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth, fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. The fourth seal is opened, and the rider on the sickly green or pale horse comes forth. Seated on the horse was a rider named Death, and Hades followed on behind. Note that there was given to them authority over a quarter of the earth to kill. Just who's in charge here? In this judgment, one quarter of the world's population is destroyed. Horrendous, but worse is to come. Revelation 6, 9-17, and the fifth seal, the cry of the martyrs. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. 
And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer, until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. In opening the fifth seal, the tribulational martyrs are revealed. The sixth seal follows quickly, and natural disasters hit the earth. Earthquakes, the sun darkened, blackouts, meteors falling from the sky. But now men are recognising this is the judgment of God, and there is no place to hide. Fearfully, many of them still refuse to change their minds. Sixth seal and cosmic disturbances. Verse 12 I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it's shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it's rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave, every free man, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? When the sixth seal is broken, the earth is violently shaken by a giant earthquake, indicating that it is the great day of God's wrath. Great fear will grip human hearts, but because of their stubborn, willful and rebellious ways, instead of turning to God in this hour of peril, they will hide in the rocks and the dens of the earth. These people are fully aware that they are now in the tribulation period. The fifth seal delineates for us the large-scale persecution of Christians during the tribulation and prepares us for the opening of the sixth seal. And suddenly the world will recognise they are being judged and will be conscious that there is no place to hide. Notice, please, this passage, Revelation 6, 12-17, doesn't say that judgment has just begun that only with the opening of the sixth seal do unbelievers recognise that it's the wrath of God. Revelation 6.17 ends with a question. The great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? This question is answered in Revelation 7, which, as we've already seen, is in full detail. These are the ones, the sealed, who are able to stand. The Jews, 144,000 from every nation who have been sealed by the angels. Again we see the angels holding back judgment while the sealing is taken place. Spragis or Sphragis, I don't know how you pronounce it, S-P-H-R-A-G-I-S denotes a seal or a signet, an emblem of ownership and security here combined with that of destination. You can see this again actually in Ezekiel 9 verse 4. 
And the Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within it. The person being sealed is being secured from destruction and is also being marked for reward. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, For the Lord knoweth them that are his, indicating, indicating ownership, authentication, security and destination. These go forth in the first half of the tribulation, the marked ones, the sealed ones, to evangelize, resulting in Revelation 7.9, a great multitude martyred for their faith. Revelation 7, 1-17 After these things, after the sealing, after everything is just seen, I saw four angels standing at the corners of the earth, holding four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, or the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, until we have sealed the servants of God, of our God, on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were being sealed, one hundred and forty-four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Of the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. The greatest revival that is yet to come is prophetically described here in Revelation 7, five to eight and it appears right after the seal judgments to indicate that it will take place in the first twenty one months of the tribulation whilst the antichrist is making his political advance the holy spirit will move in the hearts of millions of people leading them to a saving knowledge of jesus verse nine after these things after what after the sealing of the twelve hundred and forty-four thousand, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. 
and all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying Amen blessing and glory and wisdom thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God for ever and ever Amen then one of the elders answered saying to me who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from and I said to him sir you know so he said to me these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them they shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more the sun shall not strike them nor any heat for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes the exact identity of this multitude is carefully spelled out the elder asks the question as to their identity John doesn't recognize them indicating that if they'd been members of the church or the Old Testament he would have identified them he'd have known who they were since they have been redeemed from the tribulation he doesn't know them but they have a great reward they are before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple best of all every tear will be wiped away from their eyes Now we come to Revelation 8 and 9 and the seven trumpet judgments. And we're now entering the second quarter of the tribulation. The sounding of the seventh trumpet heralds the last half of the great tribulation and the bowl or vile judgments. But we've much ground to cover before we get there. Opening the seventh seal reveals the the trumpet judgments and the effect is so ghastly that there is silence in heaven for about half an hour whatever is now to be revealed is so terrible that heaven itself is silent these judgments are so awful the angels who stand before God are given their trumpets an angel begins to cast fire upon the earth and we see the sequential trumpet judgments unfolding at the sound of the first trumpet trees and grass are burnt up the second trumpet sounds and a burning mountain is cast down to earth resulting in a third of the living creatures being destroyed and the sea turning to blood the third angel sounds his trumpet and the water becomes undrinkable the fourth angel sounds and the sun moon and stars are affected and the woe judgments begin chapter 9 the fifth angel sounds and Satan is cast down wholesale killing by disease and the loosing of the demonic host to torture and torment mankind the sixth angel sounds his trumpet Revelation 913 and a third of mankind is slain we don't see anything about the seventh trumpet until Revelation 10 verse 7 when John is told 
when this sounds, the mystery of God shall be finished. He's also told to seal up other things which he sees, and he's not allowed to record them. Revelation 8 then, 1-6, to and the seventh seal, the prelude to the seven trumpets. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour, and I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. These judgments are so terrible that the angels stand breathless in wonder and there is silence in heaven for about half an hour. The seventh seal is broken and the angels receive seven trumpets. The second quarter of the tribulation is about to begin. The angel throws incense, which is the prayers of the saints, on the golden altar. This indicates that the forthcoming trumpet judgments will answer the prayers of the saints. As a warning to the earth that these judgments are about to commence, it is made to tremble with an earthquake. Then in verse 6, the angels prepare themselves to sound the seven trumpets. And the first trumpet and vegetation is struck. Verse 7. The first angel sounded and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. It will be comforting to think that these descriptions were symbolic, as some have interpreted them, but they are no more symbolic than the plagues that God brought on Egypt under Moses. Five of the plagues that God brought on Egypt are repeated in the book of Revelation. Egypt's water was turned to blood. There was darkness throughout the land and plagues. This has all been predicted by God. Joel 2, 30-31 And he says, And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. The hail and fire are literal judgments that fall on one third of the earth's surface, burning up all the vegetation they touch. It shouldn't strike us as strange. God has brought this judgment of this kind before on Sodom and Gomorrah where he rained down burning sulphur and turn Lot's wife into a pillar of salt. Revelation 8, 8 and 9, the second trumpet and the seas are struck. Then the second angel sounded and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea and a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died 
and a third of the ships were destroyed. Here again is a similarity to the Egyptian plagues. The sea becomes blood. Revelation 8, 10 and 11 The third trumpet and the waters struck. Verse 10 Then the third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. And a third of the sweet waters of the earth are destroyed. The water becomes bitter, which causes the death of many. Whenever the word star is mentioned, it's a common symbol for an angel, which is the case here. This fallen angel causes one-third of the sweet water to turn bitter, which in turn causes many deaths. Revelation 8, verse 12, And the fourth trumpet, and the heavens are struck. Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. The same God who created light is able to diminish it. And with the fourth trumpet, day and night will appear to be reversed. This corresponds with the ninth plague of Egypt in Exodus 10 and Jesus' prediction in Luke 21, 25 and 26. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Now, Revelation 8:13. And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. And we have the prelude to the woe judgments. The fourth trumpet has destroyed one-third of the earth's light source. Light is hindered from reaching the earth and darkness is beginning to cover the earth. With the sounding of the fourth trumpet, we have the prelude to the woe judgments. The first four trumpets having sounded, verse 13, gives the introduction to the final three. The three final trumpet judgments are especially severe for mankind on the earth, hence they're called the woe judgments. The first of these woes are demonic invasions of the earth, and the third one contains the bowl judgments. Revelation 9, 1-21 The fifth trumpet and the first woe judgment. The fifth trumpet and the locusts from the bottomless pit. Then the fifth trumpet the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit, and he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. 
so the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth, or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads, and they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. The shape of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like woman's hair and their teeth were like lion's teeth and they had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. And they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. One woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. The Sixth Trumpet the angels from the Euphrates. Verse 13. Then the sixth, trump, sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was two hundred million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue and sulphur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three plagues a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they didn't repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. These first nine chapters of the book have brought us almost to the middle of the tribulation. The seven seal judgments covered the first quarter, the seventh seal introduced the next quarter, the trumpet judgments, and now chapters 10, 1 to 11, 14 comprise infill detail, a parenthetical section to give us more information before the seventh trumpet is sounded in Revelation.
And when it is sounded, it is a proclamation. Revelation 11.15 The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign for ever and for ever. We'll end there today and see what tomorrow holds. God bless you. Thank you for listening.